What is going on, folks, man? Welcome back to another episode of Bourbon Unboxing. Once again, I am your host, Jeff, man. I hope you guys had a great holiday. Welcome to uh, podcast episode eight, if I'm correct, man. And we're going to do our another recap and reaction like I normally do on my Monday. But, of course, with the holidays, I drug it out. I told you guys to probably drop it on a Wednesday uh, and that's what I'm going to try to do here, man. Record it on Tuesday night and drop it on Wednesday for you. Of course, we want to recap what happened over the amazing weekend uh, that we had with the uh, blockbuster card that Saudi Arabia put on. And then, of course, Tokyo, Japan gave us a little after Christmas gift today with uh, as we got to see it. Noah Inouye by Marlon Tapples. And, uh, of course, man, Inouye, I've got him second on my pound for pound, and it's not... And it's kind of hard to argue that he's not number one, man. This guy just keeps putting performance after performance on. Uh, keeps amazing everybody with what he can do. And the way he fought against Tapples was completely different in the way that he, we saw him fight against Stephen Fulton, which tells me a lot about in a way in his IQ in that ring. And how he actually studies his opponents, and he goes in there 100% prepared, man. He's one of the most calculated fighters on the planet, uh, and he's very deadly. But I liked what Tapples tried to do uh, in this fight. Even though standing toe-to-toe in a way may not be at your best interest, it was his best technique. He knew he could throw some hard punches, and he was punching with him. Uh, but, of course, like I said, anyway, is a complete technician, man. And he invited him to say, yes, if you want to fight toe-to-toe, we can do that. Uh, Tapple's not moving much. Was kind of a set and duck in there. Uh, but, in a way, he got 10 rounds in with Inouye, man. And that's um, not easy to do against a great fighter like Inouye. And just showcasing his power, man. The power punches that he was putting out there today were very, very impressive, and I was uh, surprised Tapples, Tapples did not go down earlier in that fight uh, with some of the punches that he took. So it shows that he's a tough fighter, man, uh, but once again, in a way, showed why he is number two pound for pound in the entire world, and you can argue that he is number one pound for pound. To some people, and you couldn't argue that he's not. That's what I'm pretty much getting to. Uh, just the type of performance he put on today, uh, he let the more aggressive fighter be aggressive, and he invited it, and he landed just some incredible combos, stayed steady in there, stayed focused, never got off course, as in a way does. Uh, very cool, calm, and collective, as he always is in the ring, and that's what makes him one of the best out there, guys. He is, for sure, the next level when it comes to boxing. When I always say there's levels to it, man, in a way, is that next level, just like Terrence Crawford. Uh, a few of those other guys out there, man. Uh, Javante Tank Davis, uh, you might be able to put Devin Haney on that list now, man, with the type of performances I've been seeing him put out uh, in the last couple years. He is an amazing fighter also. He has made my pound for pound also, and I'll drop that for you guys on Friday, which I won't be doing <clears throat> a breakdown this Friday on my show, but I will be doing a show on Friday. I plan on dropping uh, my list for you guys, man. Uh, my pound per pound list, my fighter of the year list, my best per, uh, performance list, my uh, get back uh, fighter of the year, my which means basically uh, a guy who lost to a guy and then came back and beat him in the same year. Uh, we had three of those fights this year, so uh, that was pretty impressive to see. I got all three of those fights on my list. Uh, 
of course, you know, uh, <clears throat> pound for pound performance fighter of the year. Like I said, I've got a couple other ones on there. Uh, upset of the year. Uh, I'm going to drop all that to you guys, and I'd love for you guys to help me out on who I'm going to pick. I've got my list up on my group on Facebook, so jump on there. Uh, go ahead and give a – if you want to join the uh, group, just send me a, a you know an uh, invite or you know interest in joining, and I, I'll gladly uh, accept anybody who wants to join the group, and you can go on there, and you can see my list and kind of give your uh, opinion on who you, who you think out of this list uh, you might pick because, like I said, I've got you know ten you know ten guys on some of those lists, uh, six guys, seven guys, stuff like that. So go on there, and if there's a fight that I might have forgot, don't forget to remind me of it, uh, and I might add that to my list also and go over that. But that's how I plan on ending the year, man. Not a lot of boxing going on. We do have a fight on the thirtieth, uh, if I'm correct. It is another fight over in Japan, uh, or is it? Yeah, I think it is in Japan also. Uh, I'm trying to remember who's on that card. I'll look that up later for you guys because I did not do my homework on that today because, like I said, I don't really plan on talking about that fight much. It's not a big fight to me. Uh, <clears throat> but it's, you know, like I said, boxing's had a hell of a year, so I definitely want to make a list for you guys and give you my opinion on what I thought of the year, which was an amazing year. A lot of fights to choose from, go over. Took some time, man, but I got it done, and uh, pretty proud of it, to be honest, man. Definitely for sure, because it's been a hell of a year for boxing. But like I said, man, earlier today we got to see, in a way, just put on an absolute clinic against uh, Tapples. And I think Tapples put on a hell of a fight against him. He threw punches. Uh, you know, his technique was basically set there, and... He didn't move much, which I would have liked to see him try to make, do some movement. But we saw what happened to Stephen Fulton when he decided to move around in a way, chased him down, cut off the ring, didn't give him my opportunity. So it's like, how do you go up against a guy like in a way? How do you plan that fight when you watch him and everybody he's fought? He adjusts to their style and then he brings his own style. It's really never the same style if you guys watch him fight. He brings a different style for each fighter. And it goes to show you that he prepares well. That he goes and he breaks down these guys, him and his team. And uh, then when they see something that they think might work against a guy, that's what they practice. Uh, and that's what they get in the ring. And they, you know, they showcase what they put work on. And in a way, seems to be a guy, it doesn't, he's like a chameleon. You know, he's going to adjust to any style any pace, uh, and then he's going to put his own little stamp on it. And, you know, it's it's impressive to see, man. And like I said, he's definitely number two, number one. You can argue either one, one or two uh, with Inouye, man. And he's had a hell of a year this year. Uh, definitely could be up there for fighter of the year. He's put on some great fights, uh, uh, unifying his second division in his career. Uh, I mean, in a very, very fast manner, too. Jumped up to the new division uh, and immediately went after Stephen Fulton and unified that division. So definitely impressive, and he could definitely be on the list for fighter of the year, no doubt. You can't leave that guy out. And performance of the year, he's had a couple good fights that you could definitely put on that list also. But, man, let's get over to what... I was uh, the day of reckoning that was put on by Saudi Arabia over the weekend, man. And we got to see a heck of a card that was put on, man. Uh, 
the two co-main events was Anthony Joshua versus uh, Otto Wallen, and then you had Deontay Wilder going up against Joseph Parker. Going in, I favored Deontay Wilder over uh, Parker, but like I said, it was going to be a really tough fight for him. Parker was has a great IQ, uh, good boxer, and younger than what I had realized. I didn't realize he's only 31 years old, guys, and Deontay being the older fighter of 38. Didn't put that into it, but Joseph Parker fought probably the best fight of his career, and I guess really he didn't fight a, a spectacular fight. He just stayed busier than Wilder. Wilder really didn't engage in the fight whatsoever is all I can really say is he didn't engage into this fight the way he should have guys uh pretty disappointing performance by Wilder who just tried to set up a jab in that right hand and that's all he has and he he kind of showcased to me that <clears throat> I thought he had grown a little since the Fury fight training the way he's been training with Malik Scott, who, when you find out, Malik Scott is a guy that he knocked out in the first round of a fight. So I don't know how much that guy is going to be able to show you as a boxer when he couldn't figure a one-punch pony out, uh, one-trick pony in yourself out. So I don't know if I would trust the guy I knocked out in the first round to be my trainer. But that goes to show a lot of, you know, self, non-self-discipline by Deontay Wilder, who, if he goes out and gets a proper manager and somebody can teach this guy how to box a little bit and set that right hand up, he's 10 times more dangerous. But if your whole training was, he, you know, and he even said it at the end of the fight, oh, our plan was to throw some jabs and set up the right. That was your whole plan, was to just throw a few jabs and set up your right? That's the basic ass shit right there. And any experienced, good IQ fighter, smart fighter, is going to handicap that right hand. And when they handicap that right hand to where you can't set it up and throw it, and it's all you absolutely have, then you see what then we see what we got from Wilder on Saturday night. Stagnant, wasn't engaging. I I'd love to see the punch count count because I don't believe he even threw 50 fights or 50 punches in this fight. Uh, that is absolutely true. I don't think he even threw 50 punches in this fight, guys. I just, it was pretty sad to watch him in that ring, 38 years old. Now you don't lose your punching power as you get older. We've seen guys like George Foreman and stuff like that, uh, you know, keep their strength, but you do lose uh, more of your boxing skills and if you don't have any boxing skills, as Deontay Wilder does not have, he has one big right hand, and that's it. So to me, it's like, where does Wilder go from here? I'd have to say, after that performance, it killed any deal that they had with Saudi Arabia to uh, fight Anthony Joshua. Unless, in my opinion, guys, unless they decide to try to make that a co-main event or an undercard fight on the Fury card, which I think is a little too soon uh, for either of these guys who want to get back in the ring because that's basically leaving them with less than, you know, a six-week training camp, which I don't see guys doing that. Uh, it was a great thought in my head when I was thinking about it, but overall it just doesn't make any sense for that to happen. But now that two-fight deal that they had supposedly signed, and I'm hearing from Eddie Hearns that it wasn't a signed deal. It wasn't done. It was all kind of, kind of, it was all in talks, and basically it was up to these two guys to go out 
and both of them win uh, to set up that big fight in March. So, <clears throat> with that being said, with Deontay losing to Joseph Parker, who fought a great fight, and I think he's getting more credit. Like, I've never been big on, uh, you know, Parker. I, I thought he was okay. And even after this Deontay Wilder fight, Deontay Wilder cannot box, guys. Uh, I mean, when you say a one-trick pony, he is the definition of a one-trick pony, man. No doubt about it. He's got that right hand, and he doesn't know how to even set it up. And you could see the awkward in there, his awkwardness. When somebody handicaps his right, as it's if he, did, he doesn't know what to do. Like, how do I throw a left hand? Have you never thrown a left-handed punch or try to, you know, go ortho, unorthodox, go, you know, southpaw and try to use that left hand? Um, anything like that? I don't know, man. It just he's not an overall. He's a he's, he was a you know one truck pony, like I said. But Joseph Parker was just more active. There wasn't anything he was really doing to impress anybody. He threw a couple heavy punches in the fight that landed on uh, Wilder. Nothing that hurt him. Nothing that put him down. Well, he seemed a little uh, staggered. I want to say around the seventh. But we know Wilder doesn't have a lot of stamina. And once it gets into those later rounds, it's not hard to hit him with something. And he looks a little stumble with those chicken legs that he has also. I don't know if you guys notice this. He's six foot seven going in there at 213 pounds. Uh, now they say, you know, well, that's not bad. That's just the weight, 213, 215. He should stay around 213, 215. Should he? Because his legs were sticks. And your legs are a factor in boxing, regardless if people want to realize that or not. You know, you need your legs to be strong and sturdy to hold you up when you take them big punches and stuff. And when you look at a guy like Wilder, his build is just, he's a stick figure. Which, you know, says, hey, a couple body shots might not be hard to take this guy down if you land some big body shots on him. But his legs just, you know, aren't going to hold up, as you can obviously see. Uh but just a bad performance from him. He says he's not done. Let's see what Wilder does. Where does Joseph Parker go from here? Will this get him a big, big fight? Will he get any uh, credit for this fight, really, uh, when he was just a more busy fighter, in my opinion? He just stayed busy, just stayed throwing punches. It's not a knock on him. You did. He did what he came to do. He, he got in a fight, and he, and he went out there and he fought. Wilder didn't come to fight. He didn't come to engage. And I just don't know what at what point, and that's what I don't get when a, when you see a fighter have a night like Wilder had. At what point do you does your your corner say, "Hey, bro, it's five five rounds in. You're down o five. You're you've lost all five of those rounds in the sixth round. You've lost all six rounds. You've got to start throwing some fucking punches." I mean, that's just common sense for anybody who's not even. A fighter that if a guy's out there whooping your ass, you got to give yourself an opportunity to start throwing some fucking haymakers. And if you land one, hoorah, you might get lucky. But you have to at least try to find out. And Wilder never even fucking attempted it, man. He just looked pretty pathetic out there. And I don't know if I'd pay to watch him fight again. Uh, even though it was only 40 bucks, can't complain about that. But anyways, man, without getting too deep into that fight, man, Anthony Joshua... He put on a hell of a uh, performance. Of course, you know, I had that 50-50 fight against Otto Wallen. And once again, I think Wallen is a guy who's getting way too much credit for that Fury fight. Uh, since then, he's fought absolutely no one. And they still put him up there as, oh, this guy is dangerous. And they kind of hyped him up enough for me to buy it that, oh, yeah, this is a 50-50 fight. 
But then we go out there and we watch Joshua just put on an absolute clinic. And he looked great. He was moving. Looked more mobile than I've seen him look in years, guys. So if Anthony Joshua can continue to build on what he's doing right now. And, you know, when he originally lost to Usyk, I said, hey, it's over with. This guy's a bum. And, you know, I don't really call boxers bum. But, you know, I was saying, hey, you know, I wasn't ever a Joshua fan. I always thought he was a little bit overrated. But he's earned my respect in these last three fights that he's had. He started with smaller competition, and he's slowly moving his way up to better competition each each fight, and he's staying busy. And I think that was the difference in him and Wilder. Wilder being out of the ring for over a year, and you could see it in him, and then Joshua being in the ring all year, and you could see it in him. You know, he was busy, and his body was ready. You know, he was physically, mentally ready for that fight against Wallen, and he put an absolute ass-whooping on uh, Otto Wallen, which I'm not too sad to see. Like I said, I think he got way too much credit for that Fury fight. Uh, he cut him, and it, that it made it look worse than what it was, and everyone, oh, my God, he gave, hey, this kid, he's pretty good. And then he went on to fight, like, six more nobodies uh, and then got a fight against and got a big payday. So, you know, hey, the guy, he, he used his one fight against uh, – Fury to, you know, make some money, and you can't blame him for that. But I don't see Otto Wallen as a top heavyweight uh, by any means uh, at all. But Joshua looked really, really amazing, man. I have to say he impressed me even after I had personally given up on him and saying, hey, I think he's never going to be a champ again. But, hey, if that guy fights like that, like he did against Otto Wallen where he was aggressive, he moved, he was mobile, he was throwing combinations, he was he had some zip on his punches – uh, that guy, that Anthony Joshua is dangerous for anybody. So let's hope he continues to build up and then he could be maybe next in line. I mean, his name, if he continues to win, got guys got to remember Usyk and Fury are going to fight twice. So any chance of anybody fighting these two guys in 2024 probably is more than likely not going to happen. Uh, never say never, but I'm going to assume that, hey, Usyk, Fury are going to fight in February, like like we already know, and then they'll probably have another rematch. Now, if they had that rematch in, you know, what, March, April, May, June, July, August, say August, for example, six months after the first fight, six months down the road, they have a rematch in August. Could we possibly get one of those guys back in the ring by December uh, before 2025 or, or, you know, early 2025, get a fight with Joshua? Like I said, but he has to continue to win and he has to continue to look as good as he has in his last two fights. Um, I don't take much from Robert Helenus. That's tough to anybody, but this Wallen fight, he looked really good. Super impressed with what I saw with Joshua. Uh Hope he continues to do what he does because I'm starting to like the guy a lot. I watched an interview with him, and, you know, he's a human being like the rest of us, man. Uh, don't knock a guy till you really kind of know him. Kind of learned my lesson there. But, look, man, we'll get to the undercard results of that. It was a huge undercard with some big, big names on there, man. You had Frank Sanchez. Uh, he was in there against Junior Fa, and uh, he defeated Junior Fa with a knockout. Uh was a good performance by Frank, uh, some b- a big heavy puncher, Sanchez is. Uh, then you had Philip Hergovich, who defeated uh, Mark DeMori, and he put kind of put a whooping on him. That wasn't much of a fight, guys. And, of course, Joe Ja Apatia, 
He knocked Ellis Zorro out in the first round with a big, big punch, man. I'm telling you what, this Ja, let me make sure I get his name right, Apatia. He is a dangerous, dangerous fighter, guys. I'd love to see him possibly matched up against, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what weight division. If he's a junior heavyweight or even a cruiserweight, I'm not for sure. I'll have to look. I'd love to see him matched up against a Demetrius Baval. That would be a hell of a fight, in my opinion. Uh, of course, we had an upset. The uh, Russian guy's name that I could not pronounce, uh, Makaduma, Makamuda. He lost to Cabal, who defeated him in a pretty good fashion, too. Uh, so that was an upset that we had. Probably about, I'd say, the only upset on the card. Danny Dubai, I don't consider Danny Dubai as an upset uh, over Gerald Miller, who I'm, like I said, man, this guy is a PED user. He's had a million chances. Uh, I've never been big on Gerald Miller. Uh, especially once a guy cheats like that, boxing's dangerous enough. So when you have a guy doing pulling that kind of crap, he doesn't deserve to be in the ring, uh, in my point, opinion. Especially being failing for PDs more than one time in your career. But Daniel Dubai went out and put an ass whooping on Big Baby Miller, man. And I was super impressed impressed by Dubai, who doesn't throw a lot of punches, but he was super active in this fight. Of course, Gerald Miller came in there like 330 fucking pounds, and he looked like a hoss cat, and not a healthy hoss cat. He looked like an out-of-weight hoss cat. And once it hit six, seven rounds, this dude was breathing heavy, throwing fucking lazy punches, didn't have anything behind his punches, was completely wore out, and Dubai was just putting a complete ass whooping on him. Hopefully that's the end of Miller's career. I don't really like to see guys, you know, career end it. But I'm like I said, when you when you get busted for PEDs more than one time, I just think at some point you're you know, you don't belong in the sport of boxing. It's a dangerous sport. And if you're out there cheating, it can be even more dangerous, man. And I don't I just don't think more than one time you should be forgiven, man. There should be a lifetime ban. After you get caught, the, you know, the first time for PEDs, especially at the level that he was testing at, at that, you know, his level testing was at, you know, it was showing that he was hitting it hardcore and it was at the point where he was at the peak of his career and we know why he was doing so well now. But I just think it's an overhyped job and Dubai put a great ass whooping on him. No, I don't know how much people are going to take from this with Dubai because he had, you know, a couple losses to Joyce and then he took that loss to Usyk. So... He hasn't been putting on the best performances. He was labeled a quitter at one point, all that kind of stuff. But I think he redeemed himself a little bit against Miller. But like I said, I'm not super impressed with Miller and his size and everything like that. He's, he's coming in way overweight, guys. Man, that was basically that entire card. I thought it was a great card. Of course, we had some upsets. Uh, you know, Wilder goes down. Uh, we got, you know, Mardu Marduvo went down. Uh, Gerald Miller, that was considered an upset. I didn't consider it an upset. But also, you had Demetrius Baval. He defeated Lyndon Arthur. I almost forgot about that fight. Don't ask me how. But uh, Demetrius Baval defeated Lyndon Arthur by decision, uh, unanimous decision. And he didn't look too great, in my opinion, uh, Baval didn't. But he got a couple heavyweight belts, so light heavyweight. Uh, so he is on that light heavyweight stage. So like I said, I don't know. 
I had to look up to see where Ja, ja Opatia, what weight division he is in. Because if he's up there with Demetrius Babal, I'd like to see in the beginning of the year in 2024. Of course, I'd like to see better, Bevet, better Bevez and Babal fight each other. But then I'd like to see Ja Opatia get an opportunity at one of those guys, man. Because he seems to be the real deal. Super impressive what I saw from him. Uh, as far as boxing news, guys, I did not do much of my homework on boxing news this week, man, because I feel like uh, going towards the end of the year, not a lot coming up, just rumors, stuff like that. Of course, Javante Tank Davis bought the entire block that he used to live on. I did hear that. He's planning on re redoing the whole block that he grew up on, redoing all the houses and giving these people really nice places to live. I mean, you can't say enough about a guy who does something like that. Uh, so hats off to Tank and, uh, you know, just what, what a great thing to do for a young guy like that. But like I also said that, uh, you know, last week I had, I had reported that the, uh, deal between Joshua and Wilder had been done for a two fight deal. And then, you know, but that fight, I think that's now been derailed and that's no longer going to happen guys. Uh, but there, you know, I don't know any fights that I haven't, like I said, I haven't done my homework much on it, but with what we've seen, man, going into the new year, like I said, I am going to drop all my list for you guys. Uh, go on to my Facebook group, Bourbon and Boxing. Check that list out. Give me some of your opinions. You know, pick some of the, pick on those lists, one from each one of those lists uh, on who you think the best performance of the year was, who you think the upset of the year was, the fighter of the year was. Uh, tell me who you thought uh, the get back fighter of the year was uh get your get backs that's what i call it get your gets back baby yeah boy that's what i'm talking about playing get your gets back uh which i like those type of fights man uh like i said we saw chris eubanks go down to liam smith early in the year and came back to redeem himself and looked great uh uh who was he under i you know i should have did trainer of the year because I, if i'm correct the guy who trained him I can't remember. It wasn't Roy Jones. He went in a different direction. I can't remember. Was it Derek James? Not for sure. I can't remember who. It, no, 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 no. It was Terrence Crawford's owner, uh, trainer, and uh, Bo Mack. Bo Mack, my bad. How the hell did I not remember that? But Bo Mack made him look really good. Bo Mack may be the trainer of the year with Chris Eubanks' comeback victory over Liam Smith and the way he looked in the ring. And then, of course, the way Terrence Crawford looked against Ariel Spence was just amazing. So, Bo Mack may, may be my trainer of the year, guys. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, and his, well, his fighters looked really good. But, uh, like I said, like, give me your opinion. You know, the get-back fight, like I said, I got Eubanks and Liam Smith on there. I've got, uh, of course, Jose Venezuela. Uh, defeating Chris Colbert, who he had lost in a decision to earlier in the year. Uh, and then I also had Lee Woods' victory over Marce uh, Mar Mauricio Lara, his comeback victory over Lara, who he had lost to earlier in the year and then came back to beat Lara, which was a hell of a fight there also, man. Lee Woods is definitely a guy that I'd love to... Uh, I've got him on my fighter of the year list. Uh, I've got him on my performance of the year list, uh, his performance, you know, against Warrington, our fight of the fighter fight of the year. He's on there twice for my fight of the year, man. And his fight against Josh Warrington was pretty impressive as he didn't seem like he was winning that fight at all. Lands a nice punch, wins that fight as Lee Wood. That's what Lee Woods does guys. Uh, things like that. He's a very, he's a 
you never know what you're going to You're going to get dynamite at some point with him. Uh, but like I said, and then his, sec, his second fight against Lara was a hell of a fight. He put on a hell of a uh, performance in that fight for me to put him on my list twice for fighter of uh, fight of the year. And then, like I said, he was also on my get back fight. So he's a, he's quite a, he's on my, you'll see him a few times on my list, man. Super impressed with what he did. Uh, this year I've got him, uh, yeah, also fighter of the year. I've got him on there on my list as possible fighter of the year. He fought three times this year. He won two out of those three fights. Uh, so, I mean, he was very active and that's where a lot of it comes up to guys. Uh, oh my goodness. There was a fight that I did not mention on there. Uh, Navarrete versus Oscar, uh, Valdez, which was a hell of a fight. Performance of, of one of the fights of the year by far. Uh, great fight that one was. Man, I can, can't believe I don't have that on my list. Damn, I'm going to have to go back and put that that one on there. I almost forgot about that one. Navarrete, who could also be... Well, I would have maybe had him on my list as a possible fighter of the year candidate, but his performance, he didn't look that great against uh, in his last fight. Uh, against Consacio, uh, who I thought he struggled a little bit against to kind of figure uh, Consacio, who had a great game plan in that fight. But, you know, but I forgot him, man. But, hey, guys, I just wanted to get on here, man. It is late. I wanted to get you guys the recap for the weekend and my reaction. Like I said, I'm going to drop my usual Friday show on YouTube but it's not going to be a breakdown like it normally is. It's just going to be a, you know, list of I'm going to name my fighter of the year, my fight of the year, uh, performance of the year, comeback of the year, upset of the year, uh, all that kind of stuff, man. I'm going to drop all that for you guys on Friday, man. Like I said, join me on Facebook and give me your opinion on who you think on my list. Pick your guys on my list. Maybe add somebody that you thought uh, should be on there. And just give me your opinion, man. I love some interaction. And uh, also, I'll leave a little bit of some stuff on here for you guys to answer and uh, kind of give me some feedback on, too, uh, with my question of the week for you guys, which I haven't figured that out, but maybe I'll figure it out by the time I post this show. I got a new editor, so I'm going to see what I can do with some editing on this uh, before I put it up. But like I said, guys, this is it, man. Uh, we got one more show before the new year. And uh, I want to thank you guys for joining me. I hope you guys had a great holiday. I'm your host, Jeff. Man, this is Bourbon and Boxing. Don't forget to follow me on uh, Facebook, uh, Bourbon and Boxing. Check me out on my YouTube channel, Bourbon and Boxing. And then, of course, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Man, you can catch me on all three of, the, of those platforms. Follow me, subscribe, and like, man. Uh, I really appreciate any love I get from you guys. Uh, I really appreciate anybody listening to my podcast, man. And uh, you guys have a great day, and I will see you guys on Friday, man.